Hey, 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 welcome back to On The Wheeled, a one-of-a-kind podcast where you get to go behind the wheel with me and tune into some of the most spontaneous, authentic conversation with people from all over the world and from every walks of life. In this episode, I asked Chandler what it means to be an effective leader. Chandler shares his insight on how to deal with life challenges from a perspective of a growth mindset. We explore together into the nature of joy, the practices that help ground us in an increasingly chaotic world. We discuss the cosmic breath in relation to our own act of breathing that we often take for granted. Here is a snippet of the conversation. What does it mean to be an effective leader? Looking out for everybody. You bump into me, coffee spill, I'm angry. How can I use this experience to evolve? Bro, bro, who who you think you are? Talk to me like that. Who you think you are? Who you think, what are you gonna do then? He's like, whoa, guys, I'm here. Like, this is real. To just really sit with the little thing, the beam of sunlight, and I understand what it meant to be alive. I've been in so much pain. The capacity to let go, see life as it is in the moments of what an extraordinary thing life is and then everything else gravy. What is the meaning of life? Love. What bring you fulfillment in life? Love. (laughs) (laughs) So without any further ado, let us dive right into this episode. How's your day? It's been pretty good. I woke up and my eye has been kind of irritating me a little bit. Mm. Um, I've been doing some warm compresses on it that have Mm. helped with the the pain and discomfort a little bit. Mm. Um, And I also did training today and it was a really nice day of training. Went Mm. by fast, learned a lot, got to think a lot about what's upcoming Mm. for, for my work. And what did you learn today? Um, we talked about conflict resolution a mm. lot, went through some scenarios and created some scenarios for resolving conflict, for mediating that and considering our position as field supervisors supporting the crew leaders because mm. um, they're going to be the ones doing a lot of the conflict resolution with their members. But mm. when they need help, we're going to be stepping in. Mm. Um, and also we'll be working with them fairly often. So we'll be able to help them out with that. Mm. And we went over our training schedule and all the things involved with that. It's going to be for the next three weeks and we're getting trained, but we're also going to be training the crew leaders. Mm. So I'm going to be leading some lessons, which will be really cool and teaching them the ins and outs of the whole process and setting up camp and all the many, many things uh, that go with that and teaching them how to be effective leaders and to work within the systems that we have set up. Hmm. What What does it mean to be an effective leader? That is a very good question. The way I would always put it, I try to describe it to the people I've led is by saying that the leader is not above anyone. The Mm. leader is one role on a team Mm. and they are the one who focuses their energy on organizing Mm. and the one who looks at the bigger picture and sees how things can be made more smooth 
Hmm. how things can be made more efficient and look for issues that are going on or inefficiencies that are happening and Hmm. see where people might be having difficulties connecting with each other as crew members so that we can build everybody up into a, a better team and help keep everybody happy and healthy more than anything happy and healthy and communicating with each other so that the work just kind of flows easily and naturally Mm. Um, so that's what i think an effective leader is is someone who is looking out for everybody and really it's honestly it's almost the exact opposite of what we normally think of in like a hierarchy of like the triangle with the leader at the top it's Mm. a lot more an inverse triangle with the leader at the bottom they're supporting everybody else Mm. and trying to make sure that everybody else is in the best place that they can be Mm. Um, because when everybody else is happy and healthy and motivated and energized then they're gonna do good work naturally you know Mm. wow i mean in the teaching of Jesus, he demonstrated that by washing the disciple feet, right? He said that those who put themselves first will be, will be bring back to the bottom and those who put themselves at the bottom will be lifted up. Not in a sense of like, now I go to put myself in the bottom deliberately, but it's, that's, is in terms, in relationship to service, to being of service. And like you said, not leaderships in a sense of dominations, but leaderships in a sense of looking out and focusing that energy to a particular priority and one one role out of the you know the many roles of the system and part of the the whole organism. That's that's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. What about conflict yeah. though? Because that's something that I'm interested in, and I think a lot of what's going on all around the world revolve around that one word conflict so i'm curious to hear more about what your perspective on that and what are you learning in terms of conflict resolutions what are where are the most places where conflicts come from particularly in your line of work where what you're doing and but also in your general observation and through your experiences where does conflict come from and what are some of the effective resolutions to help resolve those conflicts yeah um well like what we learned a lot in uh in our program our educational program was nonviolent communication and a big part of that is needs and i believe a lot of conflict comes from unexpressed needs or unfulfilled needs um everybody has needs and a lot of times those needs are a lot more simple than we think they are you know like the need for connection the need for safety um rather than something very specific like instead of connection a lot of times people think like oh i want to be loved but i think what they really want is that connection the equal flow of love coming into them and out of them between them and others Or instead of safety, a lot of times people think like, oh, I need money or I need good food or something like that. But in reality, they just want, you know, safety and stability and to be supported. Mm. And a lot of the conflicts that come are when we have a need 
and we're not super in tune with that need, but we know that it's there and it is trying to express itself. It's trying to fulfill itself. Mm. And we encounter something in our life or someone in our life who is standing in the way of the methods that we're using to fulfill that need. Mm. Uh, I think them being in the way is not actually them being in the way of the need itself because it's honestly a beautiful thing to come into conflict when you're in a growth mindset because then you can reflect on how you've been triggered or um, how this other person supposedly made you feel mm. and see what your feelings are telling you mm. uh, and to take that information and use it to learn about yourself and your own needs and how you can fulfill those needs. Obviously, he walked down the street, he bumped into me and he knocked my coffee over. So I'm upset now. Obviously, he did it. <laughs> so how do you justify that as a need i have a need for my coffee i need some coffee and he bumped into me so i'm angry now he is the reason why i'm angry no you you know it's really funny that you say that because i had this really powerful experience that may seem really simple but it was one day when i was working out in the woods and i got poked in the face and like near the eye by a tree branch. Uh -huh. And I thought this tree branch just poked me in the eye. <laughs> and then I re and then I realized, no, no, it didn't. I poked my eye on the on the tree branch <laughs> that was being completely still. Oh, right. My. And that's a that's a uh, um, kind of an extreme example because obviously you know the tree's not moving it doesn't have any intent to poke me in the eye and so obviously it was my fault that I got poked in the eye but if we really extend that to other people and other beings everybody is doing their own thing and trying to live their life and fulfill their needs as well and we're not always completely aware of everything that's going on and that person who bumped into you and spilled your coffee just wasn't aware they were just trying to live their life just trying to do their thing and yeah it may have upset you that you got your coffee spilt um but to really blame it on someone especially when that person is definitely not intentionally trying to spill your coffee it's not like you walked up and slapped it out of your hand you know just to be an asshole but but it's blame is such an interesting thing because we're all living out reactions mostly it's cause and effect and to blame someone is to say that all the causes that led up to this moment for this effect to happen were wrong, that those causes shouldn't have happened. Mm. And of course they should have happened because they did happen. Uh, all of life and all of existence is a constant chain of cause and effect that led to this very moment. And in honesty, the best thing we can do is be present with where we're at now and do what we can to look in a positive light and see where we can direct the future instead of trying to decide whether the past was correct or not, you mm. know? And in some cases, it can be like good to think about the past for the sake of like determining where we want to go. Like, oh, I tried this thing yesterday 
and it didn't give me the exact result I wanted. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it was bad because mm -hmm. another person could do that same thing the way that you did and get the result that they did want, get the result mm -hmm. that was good for them. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just a matter of discernment, discerning what is good for us in our path rather than judging things as being good or bad because everything is completely situational mm. in a dynamic universe where every single perspective is totally valid mm. what does it mean when you say dynamic universe what does that terms mean oh boy uh <laughs> that's a big question <laughs> yeah from I, your perspective I, yeah but my perspective is that the entire universe is dynamic because it's constantly moving. Like there's nothing that is stable. There's nothing that is fixed. Even on an atomic and subatomic level, things are constantly moving, constantly vibrating. Like you can't measure something as though it's fixed in space. Mm. There's far too many moving pieces mm. to even be able to to calculate <laughs> any mm. kind of equation and decide on on an ultimate true solution to a problem because by the time you've solved the equation so many pieces have moved out of place that you're working with a whole different spectrum of reality mm. yeah it's it's organized chaos but at a very at a very real level it is chaos <laughs> mm. so how how does that understanding or rather insight that the universe is dynamic, constantly moving, changing, how does that practically apply to the situations of you bump into me, coffee spill, I'm angry. How does that two thing connected? How does it work in my life understanding that the universe is dynamic? Well, the way I like to think of it is like this. I've thought about perfection a lot that word or that idea of perfection mm. and a lot of times people think like perfection or achievement or a goal is something that is stable like mm. once i get this then i'll be happy or once i look like this i'll be perfect mm. right but i don't think perfection can be a stable state in this dynamic universe i think perfection is evolution mm. because everything is constantly moving so if you're constantly moving and growing towards something greater then you're already perfect because you're whoa. in the process of becoming whoa you're in whoa the process of going to the next level right and so when somebody bumps into you and spills your coffee yeah you can take it from the perspective that this was a bad thing and this happened um, you know, this bad thing happened to me and I can be upset about it, but I can also take it from the perspective of like thinking, how can I grow from this? Hmm. How can I use this experience to evolve? Is what growing is... and evolving the same thing? I think so. <laughs> so uh, how can I grow from this, this spilling of coffee instead of getting upset about this guy and about to have like a fight over this? Yeah. Yeah, like what is my anger teaching about me? Mm. And also you can even take it to the next level and talk to that person and talk to them about their awareness. Like mm. you could you could be really angry and like punch that guy in the face or you can be like, hey brother, 
you just spilled my coffee. Yeah. This doesn't feel good. It hurts. It hurt me physically. And also it hurt me financially because I paid for this coffee. Yeah. You've caused me some damage here from your lack of awareness. And I think mm. you personally would really benefit from expanding your awareness from considering being more aware, especially when you're around other people in, in, in an environment, and mm. think about your actions and how your lack of awareness has caused this pain for me. And that Whoa, bro, who who you think you are? Talk to me like that. Who you think you are? <laughs> who you think? What are you gonna do then? He's like, yo, <laughs> yo, who do you think you are? I'm aware. I'm an athlete. I know where I'm going. You bump into me. <laughs> See, of course, we're not always going to be able to solve everything, you know, especially when other people are involved. But the best the best thing we can do is learn and grow ourselves. Mm. You know, it's not our job to change that thing for them. And maybe he does react that way in that moment. But maybe what you said has an impact on him. And mm. like three days later, he accidentally hurts his wife mm. at, from the same thing a lack of awareness and now suddenly he's in a different space and he recalls like oh man i hurt that guy on the street i spilled this coffee a few days ago and now i'm hurting my wife from my lack of awareness and just you change it you saying that is now now there's two examples recent examples that can really spark a new level of awareness or, or at least some self-reflection that he can do some meditation on and think, wow, how can I change this? You know, mm. how can I grow from it? Even if it doesn't feel like he, he changed it, even if he was aggressive in that moment. Right. Mm. Mm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, next time I'm bumming to someone with coffee or being coffee spill. I'm definitely remember you're sharing. Uh, you mentioned meditation. You mentioned meditations. And that's a, that's a loaded word, especially now. You know, meditation everywhere. People are selling meditation apps, meditations in the shop, meditation on shirt, meditations, you know, everywhere, everywhere. Meditation, meditation, business, meditations to do better business, meditations to do better stock trading. So what is meditation to you? I mean, it's a pretty popular word. I wonder if you can share your perspective on meditation and, and what is that exactly? Or, or is there an exact description of that? What is that? What is meditation? I don't know if there's an exact definition because there's a lot of different kinds of meditation. Mm -hmm. But one thing that seems to be common in all the different kinds of meditation is that it's a practice of being, mm. not a practice of doing or having or creating, but being, right? And so there's certain kinds of meditation that focus on like insight, like Vipassana meditation, for example. And in Vipassana meditation, you're really trying to sit and allow things to come up, allow them to flow through you allow the sensations that you feel in your body and mind to arise and allow them to pass away. Mm -hmm. And you passively gain insight from allowing that, from just literally just being yourself as much as possible without trying to do anything, without mm -hmm. trying to attach to those feelings. And so being. being, And I think that's really important 
because all that we do, all that we have, and all that we create is ultimately really initiated from our being, from what we are, yeah. right? We become something, someone like, a, become a, a, um, a fly fisher, for example, like I'd say I am a fly fisher, right? And then if I am a fly fisher, then I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to get fish. I'm going to have fish. I'm going to cook fish and eat fish. Mm. And so by being that, that has now changed my entire life experience and mm. the things that happen in my life and the things that I do and the things that I have. And unfortunately, a lot of people really try to do it the opposite way of I need to get this thing. I need to do this thing to be this thing, to have this status and to become uh, happy. The, one of the biggest ones is literally for the search of happiness. Mm. Like, what can I do to become happy? But in reality, all of our emotions are generated from within. Hmm. And a lot of times we generate our emotions from within as a response to things that happen to us, but it's also just as valid to generate them first to start with the emotion of joy and let that expand into dancing or whatever you find joyful rather than going to go dance to become joyful. Hmm. And for a lot of people, especially in our society, it can be really difficult to do because we've been taught so much this materialistic idea of like, I have to get that thing to be happy. I have to do this to be happy. I have to do these things to keep myself healthy and to be centered, right? Mm. But when we start getting to that point where we decide, like wake up and say, I'm going to have a good day today. Mm. I'm going to be joyful today mm. and then carry that with you throughout the day as your mm. intention. And now suddenly all the things that you do have joy in them. And yeah, mm. maybe difficulties will arise. Difficulties are very likely to arise, things that are going to challenge that joy. But you can come back to that spot of like, you know what, I'm going to start with joy. I'm going to carry joy into this experience, into this difficult experience. And I can also carry joy into this pleasant experience mm. and see how it changes. But what if I just, you know, I wake up just feeling grummy, like, ugh, you know, today sucks. Uh, I feel, I don't feel good. You know, I just like had a drink last night, come back, you know, and everything's bothering me now i don't feel good and some, we just we just wake up feeling grummy you know so mm -hmm. we do yeah that totally does happen and it's all part of the cycle like you can initiate something and then continue to have experiences that perpetuate it but you can also you know do something like having too many drinks and then that makes your body feel bad, which makes your mind feel bad. And then your mood is bad. And then you carry that into the next day. And it's like, oh, I start off feeling grumpy, grumpy, and then carry all that grumpiness in, right? Mm. And in those cases, that's one of the places where meditation can really help, where you can really sit down and release that pattern sit down and really just focus on breathing that's why meditation oftentimes focuses on the breath is because breath is 
totally neutral. You know, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with emotion. Um, well, it actually has quite a bit to do with emotion and how you can regulate your emotion, but it's not necessarily tied to a specific emotion. Mm-hmm. Like breathing is not angry. Breathing is not grumpy. Breathing is not joyful. Breathing just is. Breathing is this, the natural state of our being, and every cell is breathing with its back and forth, up and down vibration constantly. Every atom, the whole universe is breathing. Mm. And when we breathe, we come back to that neutral state, and we can. That is a really powerful state because if we focus on that neutrality, and this is one of the things with vipassana meditation, is focusing on that neutrality and just being you'll suddenly start to find that the more you can focus on being neutral, that grumpiness will fade away little by little. And sometimes it'll come back up and it'll be really angry and really sharp. But if you return to that neutralness and go back to the breath, take a deep breath in. And out. And even for just a moment, that grumpiness goes away. Mm. And it can come back. And then what what can you do? You can take another deep breath in. Mm. And out. Mm. And practice that neutrality. Mm. And the more that you practice it, the more you'll find it gradually washes away all all the things that are not neutral. Mm. Just gradually. Yes, because most of the emotional vibrations um, have to do with the body tensing up and breath is really great at releasing the tensions. And when the tension is released, it's a lot easier to feel better. I most, most of the time now my, my practice is relax and release. When things come immediately, I become aware of my body where it's tight and I release it, just relax. And suddenly I feel more at ease and no need to do much. And then it's just, just, oh, where, where, where am I tense? My butthole, my butt cheek, my stomach, or my, you know, wherever. So yes, breathing is pretty powerful. I mean, you talk about the whole universe is breathing. That's a powerful statement. And I know it's powerful, but why do you say that? Why do you say the universe is breathing? Yeah, um, for me, that perspective comes from the fact that the way we breathe physically is a constant back and forth, uh, the in and out of breath, and that constant rhythm that is happening, the Mm. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And when we breathe, it's actually pretty slow on a cosmic level. But when you get down to the level of an atom, for example, we know that all matter, all energy is vibrating. It's got the up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And everything on every level of existence is doing this, is having this vibration Mm. back and forth, just like the breathing. And that rhythm is such... Uh, a key part of how our our entire existence operates (laughs) Mm. how everything functions and some 
may call it a stretch to call that breathing. Um, but I see that as a pattern that happens at every level. You know, mm. our atoms are all doing it. And then we go up a little further. Our cells are all doing it. Uh, our cells are respirating. And then it comes up to us as a, a larger, more organized being of many, many cells. And we've slowed it down even further. We're taking bigger, much deeper breaths than a cell, a single cell could ever take. And then that feeds all of our cells, mm. right? And then we come up to even bigger scale. And now we're at like the level of the earth, which I believe is vibrating, what is it? Seven hertz, which is uh, seven, seven cycles per second, which is actually still a little bit faster than we vibrate uh, as humans. Well, I mean, then we breathe as humans, excuse me. Mm. Um, but then you can think about these cycles at an even grander level, like the solar system, like one whole year of, of the earth rotating around the sun, that takes quite a lot of time. And then how long does it take for our solar system to rotate around the entire galactic core, right? How long does it take for our entire universe to expand from the Big Bang before it collapses all back in? Wow, then, one single breath starts over again. Wow. Yeah. 14 billion <laughs> years of a breath. Whoa. Cosmic mm -hmm. breath perspective. That's very unique. That's very, very beautiful. Although, how does that why is that important in, in your world? Why does that how does that understanding integrate? And how does that apply to this very moment as a human being living a human life why is that understanding of the cosmic breath that everything breathe everything has a rhythm of of up and down and in and out and everything take breath and move and is dynamic what does that do for us in our psyche our understanding of a human life and our positions uh, uh, in the cosmos yeah well, aside from the fact that it personally makes me feel level of connection with everything, you know, knowing that all things are breathing, or at least all things are participating in these rhythms mm. that are all connected to each other. Aside from that, to think about the fact that everything is breathing is to think about the idea of this too shall pass whatever is happening is not going to last forever. It's going to pass. It's going to change into some new state. It's always going to be moving. The pendulum is always going to swing. And in life, what we can do to, uh, to utilize this, this wisdom practically is understanding that when we have these very, very low moments, feeling bad, we can know that there's going to be higher moments to come. Mm. And also, when we're in these high, joyful, blissful moments, we can know that there's going to be more low moments to come mm. as well. And keeping that in mind allows you to stay a bit more centered or to come back to center a bit more and to come back to that place of 
peace. You know, mm. there, there's the, the, this Taoist story of, uh, uh, let me see if I can remember it correctly. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So the Taoist story is that there is a, uh, um, a farmer, right? And uh, one day, this farmer, he has a horse, and one day, the horse runs away, um, and it's gone. And all the villagers say, oh, that's, that's really too bad that your horse ran away. I'm so sorry for you. And the Taoist says, yeah, maybe it's bad. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And then the very next day, the horse comes back with a pack of wild horses and brings them all to the land. So now the farmer has a dozen horses, right? Mm-hmm. And all the villagers say, Wow, that is so amazing. What a blessing that all these horses have come. Mm. And the Taoist says, maybe, maybe it's a blessing. And the very next day, the Taoist son, that son tries to break in one of those wild horses and is trying to ride it and he gets bucked off, breaks his leg. Mm. And all the villagers say, oh, what a tragedy. So Mm. awful that your son broke his leg and the Taoist farmer says maybe Hmm. maybe it's a tragedy and the very next day a war is happening and soldiers come and they're conscripting young men in the village to take them off to war Hmm. and they see the farmer's son and that his leg is broken and so they can't take him they don't take him out to war And all the villagers say, wow, what a blessing that your son wasn't conscripted into war because of his broken leg. Hmm. And Taoist says, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. yeah. And so that's that's the way the story goes. And that's the way life goes. You know, um, somebody once told me that you never know what worse luck your bad luck is saving you from. Mm. Wow you know Mm. so in that way it really is all a matter of perspective and Mm. everything is changing constantly Mm. and so the reality that we create is really based on our perspective more than what is actually happening to us and we can create a story that is ultimately good and full of growth and triumph or we can create this story in our minds that that our life is tragic and Mm. miserable and Mm. i've personally had a lot of time being inside of both of those stories and i can definitely tell you which one i prefer (laughs) how does it how is it different for you being so you said you've been in both of those live perspective where one you your perspective is live as miserables and and not funds and so on and the other is live as joyfuls and so on what's it different in those two perspectives for you how, how do you shift from one to another and how are they different in in the way that your life turn out Can you share a bit of insight in that from personal experience i guess the biggest difference is really not so much once again, it's not so much about what happens, like what's the outcome. It's more about what you feel, mm. right? 
And so when you're telling the story of sadness and tragedy, you're in that depressed state, then no matter what happens to you, you're going to feel bad. Mm. You know, for me, it was like anytime good things happened, it was like, yeah, whatever, I don't deserve it. Or, Mm. um, you know, I would see the darker side of it and see all the downsides or, or worse, I would think about how it's all going to go wrong and how this good thing that has come into my life is eventually going to go away. And, oh, it's so terrible and sad that I'm going to lose this thing. Right. Mm. Whereas on the flip side of that coin, even really minor things can become beautiful. Mm. You can feel them with gratitude and I can, I can sit here and drink my, my golden milk latte and I can really just savor it and love it and enjoy it in that moment and have gratitude for it even though it's something very small and simple in what might have been a a really stressful hard day Mm. and you can really amplify the beauty of your life and the feelings of love and joy that you have with even the most minor experiences and you don't have to own a private yacht and go to the bahamas and be surrounded by beautiful people and party and whatnot to have joy you can have joy just walking in the woods Mm. or having a conversation or Mm. um even just laying down in your bed and allowing yourself to relax, you know, Mm. and just sit there and breathe. And every breath can be full of love and peace and relaxation. You can even just go straight into your imagination and find and create so much joy in yourself just from the things that you're imagining and thinking of. You know, you don't even have to have anything outside of you to create that joy. And you don't have to have anything outside of you to create sadness and misery either. Mm. And the more that you look within and practice those things, the more you'll see that it's true, that it's all starts from within. Mm. You can create whatever feeling you want. Mm. And some people will tell you that that's wrong and that's awful and that you're a sociopath by just choosing to feel different things regardless of what happens outside but it really is liberating Mm -hmm. it's so free to be able to start with joy and love within and carry that into whatever experience happens in your life and make it beautiful and that is one of the most beautiful things that i've seen you do chen you really are so great at experiencing things in their fullness and having gratitude for them and mm-hmm. really loving it and feeling the sensation of it and exploring that. And that's one thing I really love about you. Mm. Do you remember any specific visual of when you observe that when we spend time together and any, any specific example? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember the time that we were all sitting around the fire and we were having a drum circle. I believe this was that night and we were all around the fire and we had stopped playing and you were just sitting there looking into the fire and you were like, whoa, 
guys, I'm here. Like, this is real. Like, we are really here right now. Here now. Mm-hmm. And you just had so much joy in in existence and it was contagious like all of us everybody was smiling and we were not laughing at you we were feeling the love of our existence in that moment and i personally was just like yeah looking down at my hands and just like moving my fingers feeling myself feeling my skin and like breathing and feeling the smile on my face and just exploring that sensation of existing Mm. and how miraculous and beautiful it is that we even exist Mm. (laughs) it was such a beautiful moment i don't think i'll ever be able to forget it wow Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah Mm. well it's just an it's so it's enough to Is it is fundamentally enough just to be alive. I mean, if when we say just to be alive, it sounds so put down. Just what do you mean? Mm. Just mm-hmm. what, what did it take for life to even come into being? And here we are running after so many things, as if that's really is important. Um, but it's it's all really funny when we think about what little insignificant all the thing that we chase after compared to the fact that we are alive and i i get jolts of that from time to time but as i study the cosmic as i spend more time to just really sit with the little thing the beam of sunlight and knowing what it come where that come from how long did it take for a photons of light to escape the core of the sun millions of years a trip that takes two seconds to go from the core of the sun to the surface take a million years for a photon to come out and to then travel to Earth at speed of light, eight minutes to reach our skin. And trillions upon trillions are on our skin every moment of the day. And that insight, that that understanding and knowledge of our roots of, of things really bring a sense of gratitude, a depth, sense of depth to... Just wow, wow, my hands, you know, and 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 oftentimes it's sound and to the audience, we're not on drugs or anything right now, but no. it sound like when we do say that as people often say, yeah, he's high, he's he's on something that is saying that our natural state of our modern human being is constantly in anxiety. We don't have that sense of joy. We don't have that sense of appreciation and gratitude. Those are not the thing that we put at the forefront of what we of our attentions right we put our attentions elsewhere all the time but it's it's require attentions and deliberate thinking and, and knowledge of of what it means to be a human being and where the water come from how did the tree come about what did he do the air that we breathe in what a, a gift every single thing that exists is and then wow so underneath that wow we're here guy is is this just deep gratitude? And I learned that from a gentleman called Michael A. Singer. And he mm-hmm. wrote the book, um, The Untethered Soul, the New York bestseller in, in our current modern society. He's a living sage over, he's still living, you know, out there in, in Florida, Gangsville. He has a, a meditation yoga temple out there called the Temple of the Universe. And he teaches yogas and been a yogi for a long time, wrote a few books 
very well known and and he he taught me that and in his book he opened in in some of his chapter he talk about the conceptions of the cosmos the universe and it really awoken me to the miracle of life once i know that i can never I mean, every time I take the shower, it's just bliss. Oh my God, at the tip of my finger, this water flow into me. And I have hot water at the, the tip of my finger and warm water and cold water. They're all just so beautiful, so extraordinary. Um, wow. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And all these things are so extraordinary, but I'm actually really curious, Chen, what do you do? What's your, what do you practice? How do you experience this gratitude so deeply? What is your mindset like as you approach the world, even these mundane, simple things? You know, I do what people, people do all the time. You know, they say, you know, you meditate and, and you study. I mean, I've been in so much pain growing up. There was just this super painful experience of self-perpetuating hell inside of my brain and obviously as we know that those things either kills us literally we commit suicide right or it forces us to evolve to grow as you said earlier and as i grow i look at different things and study different things and and always looking for that like when am i going to get it when am i going to feel it and and it's been a long journey 10 years now more so i mean say entire 30 something years of being alive is that whole process of little thing come along the way and seeing little things through experiences is a built up of this constant wiggling i'm just i'm just i'm wiggling i'm moving i'm changing and i feel this is not it this feelings of of misery of pain there has to be something different and as i come into different teachers hearing what they have to say it slowly opened me up to what you share which is that joy come from within and and it all generate inside and so i begin to take on seminars different things that show me about the nature of, of the minds and and then i start reading books you know particularly um, books then, then i start getting into a spiritual book the power of now and so on and so on and along the way i struggle to live up to the ideal which is living in joy i believe that we human being can be in perpetual constant joy and and that wealth of well-being and feelings of joys and beauty will always be non-stop and we can be that we can be in that space i believe that wholeheartedly and i'm always looking for why and how this this in my life why do i feel that way what's happening and slowly and slowly to where i got to a point now where it comes really easy as you say i would just feel the sunlight and wow these feelings of gratitude and joy because in the back of my mind in the depth of my being i understand what it meant to be alive what what how what precious it is a gift of everything and practicing a little bit at a time letting go of things and and really taking this spiritual teaching into into my daily life not just spiritual but practical thing like relax and release that's one of the teaching from michael which is he said that one of the, the highest teaching is when things come up we relax and release let go and allow that energy to pass through 
And he said that actually it's true. He's the only one that I've heard so far that said, yes, you know what? Once we practice, we we take it in and we allow ourselves to immerse ourselves in this practice of letting go of the thing that come up, that bother us, that 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 the external factors and know that the internals is where all the joys and beauty come from and seek and clean up the internal state of being and and from that space. So when I start to practice that, it, it you know, at first I don't feel much of a difference, but the more I do it, the more I, I cold plunge, the more I cold shower, take a cold shower or do breath work and, and sit and enjoy the sunlight and less focus on gaining and attaining and running after things, the more these feelings of just bliss and joy come up and it's it's now in even living in the city before it was tough i have to run to the forest to kind of feel that and to to settle into the feelings of peace and stillness but now in this even in the city I can feel that i can sense that and i have that sense of gratitude and deep appreciation for life the very very often and it's slowly taking over my day more and more of that is within the day everything even a bite of food in a sip of of water like a cup of tea whatever you know sounds of music everything everything even the guys that bum into me and spill my coffee <laughs> so yeah long long answer for a short questions but for me it wasn't instantaneous it was a little bit of of just aware and then go back to asleep feeling pains and sufferings and then aware and and, and knowing but knowing inside that there is that space where i i feel joy constant perpetual upflowing of love and joy and gratitude and when i don't feel that i know that, that i need to return to stillness to because of the constant bombard of what to do next and then live event come about it just bring me a whole plates of of thing to juggle with and then i know oh i need to resource back to sitting down just being like you said being and, and finding that these little urges of like oh i need to go grab some food or grab a drink and let's just sit for a moment and then slowly it's like oh this feel blissful just just being and many other things you know relationship friends and family but ultimately all those things are external to a point where we step into a, a yogi perspective or, or a deeper perspective it is all of that too will fade and so we do enjoy it but hanging on to it is then getting to another trap so definitely a big huge elements to the joy that i feel is the capacity to let go meaning let go in a sense that this conversation is beautiful you are extraordinary but after this conversation then then that's that during this moment we're here and then after that is no more and that's no more done and so there's no hanging on attaching oh i need to get back to chandler because other than i feel great talking to chandler and i feel beautiful and connected but after that i don't so i have to hang on to chandler in some way shapes or forms and to drive that no it's like after i talk to you then i sit and read a book or drink a cup of coffee and i feel extraordinary so the capacity to see live at it is, is in the moment letting go when things are done coming back to that remembrance of what an extraordinary thing life is and then everything else gravy everything else gravy <laughs> yeah. that's so beautiful brother mm. and i'm honestly so happy to hear that you're finding that peace in the city because i have not found that yet <laughs> what i'm hearing is it sounds like 
what you're saying is the more you practice releasing desires and attachments, the more you find that right now, what is, is enough. Mm, that's that it. Is. Yeah. That feelings of enoughness. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm not lacking. That's it. Yeah. Not lacking. Yeah. That feelings of enoughness. I'm full. Mm -hmm. That sudden abundance, it comes from that depth you were talking about, how everything is such an incredible depth. The whole history of the entire universe is coming through in every single atom, every single little speck that has all come together. And we are made up of quadrillions of those atoms. And it's great. <laughs> Mm. Mm. it's always beautiful talking with your brother what is it what is it what is it that that we we are communicating is it words or is it something beyond words we're connecting mm -hmm. that's as a different depth a different as it has a different it bring a different sense of of appreciations you know after talking to you i have deeper appreciation for life even so mm, i feel the same way i think that is a lot of what you and i communicate is gratitude mm. and love mm -hmm. and we use a lot of words to do it but the core of what we are communicating is gratitude it's gratitude well let us end today conversations with that one word gratitude and i want to ask you a series of last time with jeffrey we did a, a speed round and so meaning oh. that no thinking was just I was just asked a question or say a phrase and then you respond to it. <laughs> but before that, I want to ask you to share your perspective on what does that mean for a human being to have that experience of gratitude? Mm, yeah. You know, gratitude and appreciation are words that people feel a lot of times are like the same, like synonyms, right? And appreciation means to give the value or to add value to something when it appreciates, right? And I think that's what gratitude does. It's an idea that gives value and adds value to everything. And it's so incredible and beautiful to me that it doesn't have to be physical, that gratitude itself is totally non-physical. Mm. And yet, the more we experience it and the more we choose it, the more it adds value to anything that we have, anything and everything that we have. Mm. That is the power of gratitude, just mm. constantly adding value and beauty and meaning and love to whatever we choose to give our gratitude to. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Speed round. What is the meaning of life? Love. What bring you fulfillment in life? Love. <laughs> <laughs> what is happiness uh happiness is is being joyful first and bringing that into everything that you do who are you i am a expression of creation i am a pathway of life of energy flowing through a single point called chandler and then flowing back out into the universe hmm I am the most extraordinary when? When I create. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Wow. Okay. Did I pass? There's no passing. There's no passing grade. As long as you answer, you'll pass. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> That's like that's the kind of tests I like. <laughs> well, that was wonderful, brother. Thank you for your sharing. It's lovely. Thank you, Chen.
this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> All right, super. So cool to just get uh -huh. to talk to you and ask you questions because even, I mean, the little time that we spend together out in <clears throat> Lost Valley, it was two and a half months, but really very short period of time compared to the live experiences that we both live. And I think there's so much more that we can share and communicate and explore. Yeah. And, from, and also from the edges of our understanding, we can push forward and go deeper and... <clears throat> talk and share and express things that really matter to 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 ourselves and also to others who are willing to listen and and vibrate vibrating on this this frequencies of looking to be joyful to be happy to feel more love and gratitude in their lives so i'm looking forward to more conversations with you as you grow and as we grow and as this podcast grow really awesome thank you i appreciate you yeah i appreciate you brother you do such a good job holding space for everybody and asking them and reaching for their truth and bringing it forth mm -hmm. i feel like that's your superpower chen and yeah. i really love having conversations with you because mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like you are searching for the beauty in me and it just makes me want to share it forth and i think that's part of what's going to make this or does make this podcast so brilliant and so amazing mm. is that you're bringing love out of people and into the world mm. thank you mm -hmm. thank you that's that's filling thank you that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave a rating and turn on your Apple Podcast notification for weekly release. Feel free to share this podcast with others who might also enjoy it. If you're looking for ways to connect, my Instagram handle is in the descriptions. I'm looking forward to the next episode of On The Wheel. This is your host, Chen, signing out.